Even when you're talking about being data driven, you have to know, you know, whether the data actually fits your goal. That's Joey Chan, a content marketing manager at Mention, a platform for real-time media monitoring. Joey is originally from Hong Kong and moved to Paris, France for a summer to study French. She ended up staying and building a career as a content marketer. After starting her career in the agency world, Joy moved over to the startup side of things with Mention. She joined the team when there were about 30 people and beginning the transition from a small business to the enterprise market. This is Hack to Start, a podcast that focuses on amazing people who have an interesting story or perspective to share and their insights on how they got to the level of success they have today. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland, and today we're speaking with Joey Chan, a content marketing manager at Mention, a Paris, France-based media monitoring platform. Mention was founded just outside the city in 2013 and has grown quickly. While only raising about $800,000, it has been doubling its staff over the last few years and opened a U.S.-based office in New York City. Joey joins us to share her story, how she got into marketing and startups, how Mention's content marketing strategy has evolved as the company has grown and shifted from a small business tool into an enterprise platform, her approach to creating content partnerships, why audience fit is the most important factor with content, how content marketing fits into the sales funnel, and much more. So let's get started. Hey, Joey. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Franco and I are extremely excited to have you on to learn more about your story. But before we get into what you're currently working on today, can you tell us a bit more about yourself? Where are you from and what did you study? Sure. So I am currently working as a content marketing manager at Mention. I am originally from Hong Kong. Well, born and raised in Hong Kong, actually. I moved to Paris a couple of years ago. I studied English literature and French at university. And that's the reason why, you know, I'm now in Paris, France, because I studied a bit of French at school and I wanted to study a bit more. And then I stayed and am still there right now. It's a really cool story. So where did your passion for marketing and startups come from? I would say completely uh, random, <laughs> to be honest. Like I, when I came to Paris uh, a few years ago, I was just here, like I said, to learn a little bit more about, you know, the French language. I was trying to practice a little bit. It was just going to be actually a summer thing. And then I just fell in love with the city and I decided to stay. And when I decided to stay, I started to look, look for a job. And when I was looking for a job, I fell into a mobile ads company. And that's really really where I started to get into a little bit of marketing. I was helping out with a blog that they were doing, but it was really like a very, very basic kind of content marketing that they were doing. But you know, that that was the beginning kind of how I started to get into marketing and startups. It was a small startup that were doing mobile ads. And that's how I kind of started my career in marketing and startups. So we'll dive into mention in just a bit, but can you tell us a bit more about what it was like starting your career in Paris and what were some of the skills you learned from those first few jobs? Yeah, I mean, so the mobile ads company I, I mentioned just now is like my first job when I arrived in Paris. So there I was, uh, like I said, I was kind of running the blog. I was doing also a bit of business development. As you know, like in startups, you have to, you know, basically get yourself into different things. I was doing like looking for clients and also like writing blog posts on the side. And that was actually when I started to learn about the idea of talking to different personas because we had to address different audiences, like both advertisers 
advertisers and game publishers since we were the agency and the kind of the platform in the middle. And that actually got me another opportunity, another completely different SaaS company that was selling a lead generation tool. That was actually my kind of entrance into the SaaS world, my second company, where you know I really learned about inbound lead generation and marketing. I was first doing a little bit of SDR work, like a, I don't know if everyone is familiar with SDRs, but you know, kind of like you qualify leads for like more senior account executive that will actually talk to a, a prospect. So when I was working as an SDR, I really learned about, you know, how to qualify leads, how to talk to prospects. And then I was also doing uh, inbound lead generation with like blog posts and webinars, learning a lot about best practices to generate leads. And that's how, you know, I got noticed actually by mentioned CEO. He contacted me on LinkedIn and asked if I wanted to join Mention and help them out with inbound lead generation. That's awesome. So what were some of the lessons and takeaways that you were able to then later apply to your career in startups? I learned a lot of different things uh, in the two companies before mentioned. I think that, for example, in the first company, it was really, really small startup. There were only like six of us, but I really learned, you know, how to deal with a lot of different things from sales and marketing to working with some sort of customer support because, you know, you basically have to wear different hats all the time. And in the other SaaS company, uh, the lead generation tool software company, that's where I really learned how, you know, work. Working in a, in a SaaS company is like the whole marketing philosophy is different than when you, you know, you don't have, say, recurring income because SaaS is very much about, you know, retention. It's about keeping a long-term loyalty. It's not about just this one-time purchase. So, so that's the, the thing that I learned from the first two experiences. Those are some really great points with regards to how you should, you know, approach marketing for SaaS startups. And I want to dive into exploring more of that, especially in terms of, you know, context with your current role at Mention. So you joined the company in 2016, and you're currently a content marketing manager with a specific focus on marketing partnerships and PR, which we'll explore some more in a bit. But can you tell us a little bit more about what Mention is all about? So Mention is a web and social media monitoring tool. So basically, we help brands listen to what people, everything people are saying about their brand anywhere online, you know, from major social networks to blogs, forums, news, review sites. Basically, you track online conversations as they happen in real time. And then you can use that information to improve your marketing, sales, customer support product, you know, depending on what, what you want to know about. We can help you with the Mention monitoring tools. And I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, but Mention is actually a French startup based in Paris. We have another office in New York, but the HQ is in Paris. That's awesome. So how did you really create the opportunity to join the team there? Like I said, actually, it was uh, it was the CEO who contacted me on LinkedIn because of the work that I was doing for the my previous company. I think he read my blog post and thought that I could be a good fit for Mention. That's really cool. And so how big was the team and what was the culture like when you did join? So when I joined, it was much smaller. Uh, it was around, we had like only 30-ish people in the company. The marketing team, we were like five. I was actually hired as, you know, more of a content writer role. Basically, we wanted to switch from kind of like a freemium model that, you know, like a Dropbox style where everybody can use it for free. And some people sign up for like $29, $99 plans. The freemium model into like more an enterprise model. When I joined, we, we were switching to enterprise. 
And that's when we decided to launch this whole lead gen program where we had to create tons of content. We have to implement HelpSpot. We were doing like lead nurturing stuff, workflows, emails, all of that. So I joined when, you know, Mention is on this transition. So there was a lot of work to be done. Fast forward to now, we have obviously have set up that lead gen machine and we've learned a lot through creating, you know, dozens of ebooks, blog posts, and we realized certain things work, certain things don't. Our team has grown to kind of uh, almost double the size than we were two years ago when I joined and a lot of more exciting things happening. Wow, it's really cool to hear about that growth. But just diving into that a bit more, especially with regards to what you mentioned earlier around how SaaS marketing is a bit different. How have you guys changed your approach to marketing as the company's focus has evolved from small business to enterprise? Can you take us through a bit of what that's been like? Yeah, so I would say that in the beginning, we had to build it from the ground up. So we were trying to follow a lot of industry best practices. So we knew that we had to build kind of like a library of content to kind of get that inbound traffic up. So we were posting very regularly on our blogs. We had like, we published like three, three, four times a week with our own content and also guest posts. And then we created this, a lot of what we called locked content, basically, you know, content that lives behind a, a form that people need to fill out. So we had like 30 eBooks, a dozen cheat sheets, checklists, webinars, through all of this different kinds of content. Obviously, at the same time, we're also promoting all of that on social media. But through this, all of this different kind of content, we realized that actually webinars and partnerships seems to work the best for us. And that kind of explains why I kind of transitioned into a more partnership focused role, where instead of, you know, just we write our own thing, we try to promote our own thing, we partner up with another company, and then we promote it to each other's audiences, because you already know everybody in your email list. But what you need is always, you know, to find new people that are interested in your brand. So that's what partners can bring you. They can promote your brand to their email list and then we do the same for them we found that it's the best way to quickly get a lot of awareness and and traffic so that's kind of what i personally started to focus on starting from i would say mid 2017 but then you know other people on the team are still uh, doing other stuff some of us are doing newsletters my colleague sandra is working hard to build engagement with because we have like almost 700,000 users on on our list so we we are constantly trying to create content to keep engaging them to keep us you know top of mind and we're trying to do that through things like you know newsletters fun stuff on social media i also run uh, a facebook live almost weekly to engage our audience but then for lead gen wise we focus on partnerships wow that's a lot of stuff packed in there so diving a bit deeper on the last point which is really your you know focus since your role is focused on marketing partnerships and pr Can you tell us a little bit more about what this is all about, especially how you've been able to grow this channel over the last two years? Like if I was a startup, like mentioned was two years ago, where should I start? Well, we are quite lucky in the sense that our domain is relatively well known. So people are happy to work with us on like guest posts and then that can develop into a a partnership like a joint webinar. How I started is pitch to, you know, brands that kind of have already worked with us in some manners. Like it could be they, they wrote a guest post on our blog or they have tweeted about our content uh, on their social media accounts. And I say, hey, you know, uh, you already know us. Do you want to work together? I think this could be great since our audience, it's a, it's a great fit. We don't have anything competitive in our product. That's kind of, you know, how I pitch to them. But if you're speaking, you know, as an, a startup that's, you know, kind of starting out, I would say that, you know, 
the most important thing first is to identify your audience. You know, what kind of people are you trying to address? Because, you know, for example, for us in the beginning, we were more targeting freemium users. Then it's more about solo entrepreneurs or, you know, just anybody basically who would be interested to sign up for an account. But since we moved to enterprise, we are targeting more like CMOs or companies that are more than 50 people. You know, this kind of things uh, you need to take into account. And then when you look for partners, you want to make sure that they're maybe their pricing model is similar as yours, their audience, it's basically interested in also uh, the same things as yours, like they're into marketing stuff, or are they into HR stuff, that is very important, you know, because we have learned from experiences where we partnered up with a brand that generated 1000s of leads, but actually those leads are mainly, you know, freelancers or like one person companies that are not they're not necessarily what we are targeting or looking for. So it wasn't very super valuable for us. So that's, you know, how I learned to really target companies that kind of look for the same client profiles as yours. That's the first thing. And then after it's all about, you know, building relationships, returning favors, telling people, you know, what they'll get from it, or, you know, like how you can, you know, help them in return. I would say also, that is mainly the way I approach it. And if you are just starting out, you you can just aim for smaller brands and work your way up. Sometimes we have experience working with smaller brands where we might only generate, I don't know, say 50 registrants for a webinar compared to say 2000 when we work with a huge brand. But then those 50 might be a better fit, like they might be more ready to buy. The webinar topic might be much closer to what our product is. So for example, sometimes we do topics like very generic marketing topics that are about social media or uh, say like, you know, top marketing trends for 2018. That's super awareness-y and not really related to our product. Like it's nothing to do with maybe social media monitoring or listening per se, but it drives like thousands of signups. These leads will take like a long time to convert. Like I cannot send them to sales. They they will not be ready to buy. But sometimes I would organize another webinar that's about, you know, five ways you can use social listening to improve your crisis management strategy. That's way more relevant for our product and brand. Maybe only 50 people show up, but they convert much better. So you have to balance, you know, these two kinds of partnerships or, or content depending on what your goals are, KPIs are at the moment, or what, you know, your team is looking for, or what you, you know, some some bigger companies, they have a lead gen team, you know, that's very top of the funnel, and then like product marketing team that's way more focused on conversions. For us, we are a smaller team, so I have to do kind of everything. So we have to balance both types of content or partnerships. So yeah, I, I would say you need to really know what your goals are to find the right partnerships, right partners, and the right type of content for your objectives. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's critical, but obviously something that is often either overlooked or maybe not, you know, focused on as much as it should be. And so on that note, what are some of the lessons that you've learned over the last two years when it comes to partnerships and content marketing efforts? The biggest lesson we learn is when we talk about focusing on numbers, a, a lot of marketers like to say, you know, us included, oh, we need to, to, you know, be analytical. We have to be data driven in our marketing strategy. But sometimes we don't really know uh, what data we're looking at. For example, in the beginning, we were looking at number of leads generated and we were so excited when we got like 2000 leads from this other, you know, company. But it turns out that, you know, those 2000 leads were actually kind of useless to us because they were not the right audience fit so even when you're talking about being data driven you have to know you know whether the data actually fits your goal so everybody talks about number of leads it seems like an important kpi but you have to make sure you contextualize 
it with your goals in mind. If you're not a team just only focusing on building awareness and building up the numbers, and you're actually a team focusing on conversion, then you might actually need the conversion number more than the leads number, for example. So uh, I would say that for us, learning what kind of data you need to really pick to use um, is the biggest lesson. Another lesson we learned is, you know, try not to be too ambitious. Being a small team in a startup, we are both strapped in resources, but also super ambitious. So we want to do a lot of stuff uh, at the same time. We try to create content that sounds super fun and will get a lot of engagement on social media. But at the same time, you know, we, we need to be converting those leads for sales. We have, we have targets that we need to hit to, to send over to sales. And then, you know, we spread ourselves too thin. You know, we start too many projects. We, we say, you know, we want to do this weekly YouTube video thing. And then we, we, we were not able to back it up because like content marketing is about consistency building an audience and building audience loyalty and engagement takes a lot of consistent effort and if you you know are too ambitious and you want to try too many things you spread yourself too thin then you are not able to maintain a long enough time to see to actually test if a strategy works or not because you you're just you know doing a little bit of everything that you'll never be able to draw the conclusion that okay this actually worked or this actually is is what we want to do so that's why actually in 2018 ceo and the marketing team we have you know sit down all together and decided that each of us have you know has a personal focus to test out one growth channel and then you know after q1 we'll say this worked this didn't so for example me personally i'm really focused in Q1 on webinars, partner webinars. So I'm just doing, I'm all in doing that. We'll test, you know, how many leads it's generating, how many converts, how many signs. And then after three months, we'll see, you know, okay, do we want to get more people to do webinars? Do we want to do other stuff? And then someone else is building a newsletter. And then we have another person on the team doing uh, like a huge content industry report uh, that's going to hopefully drive a lot of engagement uh, and links as well. You know, so each of us testing a different growth strategy, but very focused so that we can really say this worked or it didn't. Those are some great insights. Thanks for sharing all of that with us. I'm really looking forward to seeing what 2018 has in store for you and how all these new tests and efforts will work out. We're super excited. So you mentioned earlier that Mention HQ is based outside of Paris, France, and the other office is in New York City. So what's it like building a startup across two continents like that? And what's the tech and startup scene like in Paris? I've never worked in the U.S. myself. So, I mean, Paris is kind of my only professional experience. So I can only speak, you know, how I feel. I can only speak from my experience being a foreigner working in Paris in a tech company. I would say I really love the cultural differences and dynamics being, you know, someone from Hong Kong working in Paris. Our brand is very international. So, I mean, most people don't even know that Mention is a French company. So I would say that we have a more, you know, international feel to to our, our working environment compared to other French startups. It's great, actually, that we, we have a lot of, you know, French colleagues. We learn a lot of cultural nuances every day. And I think it kind of helps when you're working in marketing because it's all about empathy. It's all about, you know, understanding human dynamics 
like psychology. And I think being in an international environment really helps, at least me personally, to kind of create content or write stuff that can speak from different perspectives. And I would say the startup scene, like the tech scene in Paris is kind of booming. Like there are a lot of startups in France. The government is very encouraging towards startups. Basically, there are a lot of funding. And some people are saying that, you know, hopefully Paris can become another basically a European Silicon Valley. I think we're very far from that. But there are people saying that. And also that, that there is this worry a lot of people might have about, you know, how English would be an issue in Paris. But I think in the startup scene, everybody speaks English. There's no problem for foreigners if they're looking for a job, actually, even when they don't speak French. Even today, I don't really speak French good enough for business. So even if you don't speak a word of French, you can manage to find a job in the startup scene um, in Paris. So, I mean, that's that's great news for anyone who, who wants a, an adventure somewhere in Europe. That's really cool. I've yet to visit Paris, but it's definitely on my list. And it sounds like an exciting time to be there. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, and I think that a lot of companies is really trying to either get into the French market through Paris or a lot of French startups are trying to go international. So really a lot of things going on. It's a very exciting startup scene. Yeah, for sure. You've mentioned some great goals for Q1. But what's next for you and Mention? Well, for, for Mention, it's obviously an ongoing thing, but in 2018, we're really trying to become all-in-one reputation management tool. So to go beyond really social or web listening and to a more all-in-one online reputation management platform so that, you know, our clients can really not just listen to what people are saying about them, but also improve actively, like improve and manage their reputation through Mention. And I think that is super exciting for our clients and for for, you know, whoever is interested in our tool, because, you know, you, we, we say online reputation, but it's really reputation in general, because there is no real division between, you know, all the online and the offline anymore. Now that everybody's online, if you're a brand that has a website, your reputation is kind of dictated by what's happening online. So, you know, that's really the direction that mentions going towards. And for me, you know, very much in line with our company goals in building this online reputation strategy for our clients and building the reputation for mentioned. So as, as a marketer, that's kind of my role in 2018. So I might also be doing a little bit more evangelistic work, speaking more maybe in events or, you know, doing more PR type of promotion for mentioned. So, you know, stuff like that to kind of spread the word. That's amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing all that unfolds for you and Mention. And so on that note, what are some tools or resources such as books, podcasts, or videos that you've recently discovered and are find yourself coming back to? I'm really into podcasts because I actually I have a bicycle and I cycle to work every day so I couldn't use my Kindle anymore. So I listen daily to the daily actually from the New York Times to catch up on news because you know it's very difficult to find time to read the newspaper like keep up with you know what's going on. So I find it really helpful you know to just listen to that daily podcast. Um, I also really like Buffer's podcast. I don't know if you know you know the science of social media. Listen to it quite religiously. I think it's great now that they started to do kind of like a news type of episodes so they just tell us everything about you know updates of Facebook updates of Instagram new features you know stuff you need to know and then they also slip in tips you know like oh it turns out we found in the study that you know red CTAs actually work better than green CTAs those kind of stuff that is really helpful for marketers so those two podcasts I really like 
videos, I would say the School of Life. I really like this YouTube channel. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a it's a channel that does like short animated videos on a range of different topics from like culture to philosophy to relationships, human psychology. It's really well edited and narrated by a modern philosopher called Alan DeVottom and I really like his voice. So if you have a chance, check it out, The School of Life. Yeah, I would say those things are, you know, the, the podcasts and videos that I watch and listen to. I also really like the app called Blinkist. It's an app where you can read or listen to like digests of books on there. So Again, another great app if you are super busy and you want to uh, squeeze in time to learn new stuff. They have tons of books, like even books like from some Gary Vee, you know, like marketing books or, or even politics. Any books, actually all the bestsellers, most of them are on there. And it's awesome. Like you can get through, you know, a few books per week if you just use that app. So that's another of my favorites. Those are some really great resources and we'll make sure that we link to them so everyone listening can check them out. And so since we've talked about so many different things today, do you have any final thoughts or advice to leave us with? It's not really like a final thought, but I mean, an advice maybe would be to, I would say, keep evolving as uh, marketers or even, you know, as human beings. We should always, you know, keep evolving, trying out different things. Marketers especially need to be always testing all the best practices and social media stuff change every day, every hour even. So, you know, you always need to be evolving and even in your career, don't be afraid to try out different career paths. You know, I studied English literature at school and I was working actually in Hong Kong as a freelance editor at Oxford University Press. Like uh, it has nothing to do with marketing, but I was trying out different things and then I fell into something that I love. So I would say that having the philosophy, but like mentality of evolving all the time will, will make you maybe a happier and more successful person. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Joey, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It was awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great pleasure. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd love to hear about it and have you share it with friends. Find us on Facebook or Twitter at hack to start or drop us an email, hey at hacktostart.com. You can also subscribe to avoid missing any future episodes by finding Hack to Start on Apple Podcasts, Breaker Audio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening.